You're welcome to teaching ministry of Reverend Dr. Femi Olaleye or IKEA Christian Center Global. Get set to be at the fire. The word works. Praise the Lord. Right, let's get into the world. Building godly homes. Ah, you know. <clears throat> Hallelujah. God's plan is uh, bigamy. God's plan. So, uh, wait now. Let me. Let me. Because you say no, sir. You, <laughs> you know when I look at someone, there are certain um, subject matters that reveal that there is not proper teaching of God's word in some places, or that some folks actually do not sit down and get taught the word in their church. Uh, don't listen. You understand. You know, the word of God is the word of God. And one thing about the word of God is that if you truly read it, the answers are there. Praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. Yeah, the answers are there. Okay. And one thing that you find out that when you are studying the word of God and you want to interpret it, it's very important for you to understand that you cannot interpret the word of God outside of the character of God. You hear what I said? You cannot interpret the word of God outside of his character. God's character is love. God's character is peace. God's character is long-suffering. So you cannot interpret the word of God outside of that. So in, uh, from this Sunday, we are going to start. It's going to be a school, like a school of marriage or school of relationship, because we're going to go through everything from the word of God. And if you will listen to what I'm about to teach you, praise God, all right? You will not chop breakfast. You will eat lunch. And you eat dinner. Hallelujah. Because most breakfast chopping, permit me to use that word, expression chopping and breakfast. When I listen to the story, because I have been served breakfast too. Oh yeah, I'm telling you. And it was my own breakfast was heavy. It was not bread and egg. It was serious, you know. When you, when you serve aku in the morning, you understand? It was heavy. Or my, you know, that kind of breakfast where you don't want to leave anymore. You know, all this kind of stuff. But when I look at it after I grew mature... And grew older, I understood my stupidity in the entire thing. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. I understood my stupidity in the entire thing. Okay? And I thank God for that breakfast because it jerked me into purpose. And now got to understand the kind of um, person I should marry. And that's how I got led to my wife. Hallelujah. So, yeah, I know. That's where they will see you. Now, Now, one of the reasons and one of the ways for you to understand that marriage is not a bed of roses is that, for example, today, I have not slept. Why? Well, my darling Sophia decided that today, being Sunday, she was not going to sleep. So, whenever we placed her on the bed to sleep, she would cry alongside. And I love her so much. I don't want her crying. So, as a superman that I am and the savior of my wife that I am, I went and carried Sophia, and I was petting her, trying to get her to sleep, because she sleeps very well in my hand. So, but the issue was, whenever I dropped her, she would cry again. You understand? So that's how we went on, and we were battling the Battle of Armageddon till 4 a.m. this morning. And by 4 a.m., our pastors, we have pastors' prayer meeting. So I couldn't sleep. I had to lead prayer meeting from 4 a.m. to 5 o'clock. And you know 5 a.m. you cannot sleep. So I had to speak in tongues till 7 a.m. today. Praise God. And I am here. So you can see marriage is not a bed of roses. My wife, she was sleeping because I have to be, <laughs> I have to be a champion. Hallelujah. Let's get into the word. Genesis chapter number two. <laughs> marriage is not for the selfish. Love is not selfish. There are a lot of people that are looking to get into relationship because of what they can, the person can do for them. Or what, will you, what, do you, what are you going to do for me? You know, what are you going to do for me? And that's actually one of the, you know, it's, it's, wrongest, it's, it's a wrong premise for, for love. Love should be about what can I give you? What can I offer you? Hallelujah. When two people come, when two people are in love, what should happen is that you have two givers in that relationship, in that marriage. Not one giver and another taker. Praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. Now, very, very important. But we'll get to all that soon. Now, let us start from the foundation, marriage. Because we will not be able to explain relationships 
if we don't talk about marriage and don't understand marriage first and foremost, glory to God. It is like saying you want to talk about a duplex without looking at the building plan. We need to look at the building plan for you to understand how you're going to build the building. Hallelujah. Now, Genesis chapter number 2. Pay attention to this teaching. It will help and calibrate you. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 21, and we're going to read into 25. Okay? Glory to God. Now, can we read one to go? It says what? And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he what? He slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. Glory to God. All right. Now, what are we seeing here? We are seeing the process of the formation of the woman. Okay? Because the woman was in the man. So, all right? So to speak. All right? The woman was in the man. And God wanted man to have someone to walk with and uh, someone to help him. Okay? Do the work of what? The work of the kingdom. Then the Bible says, And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead. Now, notice something. I've taught you several times that that is a picture, all right, of what? Of what? The resurrection of Jesus, the death of Jesus, and the resurrection of Jesus. In that the woman came to be after Adam was put to sleep. Glory to God. And the woman was taken out of him. He's showing us in typology that the church will only come to be after Christ is put to sleep. And is what he what he rises again. So you see that typology even in Genesis. So we are going to begin to see that marriage, hallelujah, is a teaching tool concerning Christ and his church. Okay? So if you are going to understand marriage, you are going to look at what God's plan is, okay, for Christ and his church because it's type and shadows. Let's go back there. Genesis. And the Lord, I don't know, verse 22. Can we read one to go? It says what? Everybody read now, I want to go. And the word, which the Lord God had taken from man, made he a woman and brought her unto what? Notice, he brought her unto the man. He brought her to the man like this, you know, brought her to the man. Okay? Now, verse 23, everybody read. It says what? And what? Talk to me. And what? Adam said, this is what? Now, notice he didn't say, and God said. What was God's part? God's part was that he formed the woman. After he formed the woman, he brought the woman to Adam to see what Adam will say about the woman. If you go to previous verses, you will find that the Bible says that when God, God created animals and brought them to Adam so that Adam will what? Name them. And whatever name Adam gave to that animal, that was his name. So Adam defines. The role God's creatures played in his life. Are you hear what I'm saying? I've started this sermon. Let me say it again. Adam defined the role God's creatures played in his life. So when he got to the woman, look at what he says. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called what? Woman. Because she was taken out of what? Okay, now next verse, the 24. Therefore, shall what? A man what? Leave his what? Father and his mother, and shall cleave unto... Now, what does Adam call this woman that was taken out of him? He calls her what? My wife. God did the presenting. Man did the naming. Glory to God. God did the presenting, and man did the naming. Now, when it comes to, I just want to divert here, about does God choose your spouse for you? Well, the answer is yes and no. Glory to God. The answer is yes and no. If you are thinking that, does God say, brother fish? Hallelujah. All right. Sister Likita in India, in Parusha, is your wife. You shall join, do you understand? And if you marry another person, on time you are doing, no, 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 God doesn't do that. We don't even have an example of that in Scripture. Glory to God. All right? We don't have an example of that in Scripture. What we see in Scripture is that men are led by God. Amen. Men are led by God. Glory to God. To their perfect feats. 
So there is the role God plays. Now, what God does, he leads you. So, for example, you are in church like this. And as I, you know, the Spirit of God is always talking to this young man and talking to the sister too. I don't believe that God doesn't tell sisters that this brother can be okay for them. I don't think that this is just the brothers he tells. I think he tells sisters too. Because sisters are sons of God, just as brothers are sons of God. We all have the Spirit of God in us, praise the Lord. So if God tells a brother that this sister, then God will tell the sister too. Glory to God. I said glory to God. And you know, the chances are, are that if a brother comes to a lady and says, the Lord said, I, I think that's a very, I, I think that's a, a, it's a, it's a weak line, okay, to use. God said you are my wife, all right? But I think the idea is not wrong. The idea in that, I'm saying that I didn't just come to you, I was led to you, praise God. But I don't think you should lead with that. I think you should, you know, make your case, glory to God. Hallelujah. Make your case and say, oh, listen, I, I like you. Can, um, I, can I take you out for something? Or, you know, can we go out somewhere, you know, and stuff like that. Okay. And um, the leading of the Spirit is involved. God is involved in that process. Praise God. Now, let me diverse and tell you why it's important there needs to be the leading of the Spirit in your choosing. So I, 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 want to, I want to talk about that for, for a moment. The reason why it's important is this. A lot of us have grown up under some weird circumstances. And such that, because of how we grew up, there were certain things we were exposed to. What we are exposed to has shaped our worldview. It has affected and influenced our perception. Glory to God. Yeah. So, and most times we've been influenced by philosophies that are not they are not, you know, godly. So, take for example, a young man who from when he was eight years old has been exposed to pornography. Pornography always pushes a particular kind of woman as beautiful. Are you following what I'm saying? All right. So, his mind has been fed with a particular image of a woman that is beautiful. I was telling somebody, I said, in the 80s, the idea of a fit masculine man was a bubediki. Fit a duchy. How many of you watch Things Fall Apart? Come on, how many of you watch Oh, wait, I always forget that there are some young people in this church. Hallelujah. I always forget. But if you remember in the 80s, a bubediki, the, you know, he didn't have six pack. Glory to God. Amen. The idea of CISPAC that is looking as if they put cheese on the person's stomach is a 90s, 2000 and something stuff, and it is media-driven. Are you following what I'm saying? Now, if you feed a lot on the media and all of those content, what you are calling your spec, glory to God, is actually a product of what you have what loaded your mind with. Are you following what I'm saying? So what now happens is the woman says she has a spec. But that spec is because it's from, she watches a lot of Korean movies. And in the Korean movies, there is this guy that is wearing, you know, you know the Korean movie? I hate Korean movies. But I have had to watch some because of my wife. My wife loves it. Oh, dear God. She loves Korean movies. And you know, those Korean guys always make me feel bad. They are always well-dressed. Have you seen those dudes? Oh, my God. Well-dressed, clean-looking dudes like this. As though they don't have, their face is smooth. There is nothing on it. I don't know it's editing. Then they are always wearing this turtleneck. You see a black one, then you see a white one. Then they will match it with white uh, jacket and white shoes. I'm like, dear God, this is, I have no chance. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, this romantic stuff. Then the person now comes with that mindset. So she watches a lot of Hollywood and they give flower. So she says her spec is thoughtful. And her idea of thoughtful is flower giving. Do you understand? You know, all those things, it now influences you. And with that, there's a high chance that you can make mistakes. So you have to rise above all that has been fed into your mind and partner with the Spirit of God. Are you following what I'm saying? The reason why is because your speck can deceive you. Glory to God. Are you following what I'm saying? 
The spirit can deceive you. A guy can come and act the part and say, this is what women like. Wear the turtle neck. Hallelujah. Come to church. Wear heavy perfume. He has gone to incense and has bought perfume. When he sees that at the back, from the back, you are smelling it in front. Glory to God. Are you, you like good guys with perfume? There's nothing wrong. I didn't say that your destiny as a brother is that you should not smell well. I'm just saying. Hallelujah. Guy looks good. When he comes into the place, he makes sure he stands somewhere where everybody will see him and he's pressing phone. You know, our sisters, they scan. She's scanning around. She's scanning. Who is that dude? My God. Looks like Im Chungoin from that Korean movie. You understand? <laughs> Are you following? You need the help of the Spirit of God. But what the Spirit of God is going to do for you is that the Spirit of God is going to guide you into the right choice. What the Spirit of God doesn't do is that it doesn't make the choice for you. Hallelujah. Why? Because the Spirit of God wants your involvement. He wants your participation in that choosing. Glory to God. So, for you to choose well, you will need certain things the Spirit of God will help you have. I'm going to show you that today. All right? You are going to need enough light concerning marriage. You are going to need enough light concerning God's purpose for the kingdom. Because if you look at the Adam and Eve story, it was connected to kingdom. Glory to God. Go to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. Let's look at it. Kingdom. Because <laughs> marriage is not eternal. Hallelujah. Everybody say this with me. Marriage is not eternal. Say it again. Marriage is not eternal. Not eternal. Even in the marriage of don't you say till death do us part? Amen. So that means there is a time when it will not, you know, you cannot, you can't go to heaven and be calling your wife babe. Glory to God. She's your sister in heaven. She's only your babe here. Glory to God. The Bible says that when we get in the resurrection, we're going to be like angels. So there will not be sexual attraction. Hallelujah. All right. All that attraction thing is of the body, of this body. All right. In heaven, we are going to have an immortal body, and the desires of that body are totally different. Glory to God. Glory to God. So marriage is uh, a typology that God uses to show, listen, he's saying just like a man comes to be with a woman, this is how Christ is with what? The church. Hallelujah. So he is giving us marriage as a physical model to show us what the spiritual implication of the union of man and Christ is. So that's why in Ephesians, you find that when uh, Paul wanted to teach about um, the relationship between the husband and the wife, he always referenced the relationship between Christ and what? And the church. Are you following? All right. Now let us continue. Let's answer this question real quick. Is God's plan one man, one wife? Is that God's plan? Or is one man, one wife Western influence? That the man has great reverting libido that one woman cannot satisfy. So the man now has to go and carry side cheek. You understand? Or another wife, a third wife, a fourth wife. When I hear those arguments, I was like, hmm, this one, eh? Is reading from the revised Oniran translation. <laughs> Ask a question. If truly polygamy was about solving the libido problem, can we visit Solomon? How many wives does Solomon have? Eh? Three waiting. No. 700. All of them princesses. So, so that means there were not any kind of women. 700 wives, one man. Sometimes I think about it, I'm like, how can, he said this guy was the wisest man. 700, do you know what it means? You, I don't know what you understand. To have a church of 700 is work. 700, for you to be able to take care of everybody, 700 is work. Now to have 700 wives. 700 wives. All of them were princesses. <laughs> Do you notice they didn't give us details about Solomon's children? 
Do you, you, you notice? It was intentional. They just told us the one that took over from him. You, you understand? Solomon's children would have feed a football stadium. I'm telling you. A football stadium. Now notice something. You would have thought seven year wife was impressed. Was, ah, ah, this man's satisfaction. In fact, if he slept with one wife a day, you understand? He will need two years to be true. One a day, two years. Yet, Solomon still had their 300 cucumbers. What does that tell you? More women does not solve the sexual indiscipline problem. Doesn't solve it. <laughs> it doesn't solve it. The, the answer is not more women. There is a reason why God said one man, one wife. I will show you from scripture. And you will see examples in scripture. It's not, there is no, uh, it's just, oh, but God did not um, command it. God did not, we will see in scripture that the pattern is one man, one wife. Hallelujah. But he now said, what of David? He had many wives. Yes. Abraham, after, what is his name now? What is her name? Sarah died. Abraham had seven. Praise God. All right, then we have Moses, that some people think he had two, um, um, two wives, but the scripture actually was talking about the Ethiopian woman, all right, that he had, because Ethiopia was that word, all right, for that part of Midian, okay, where Moses' wife came from. Moses did not take another wife. Where would they have found her? Okay, let's come back. They were in the wilderness. And he was supposed to have married another woman from Ethiopia. Do you know where Ethiopia is? Where exactly would he have found the woman from Ethiopia to marry? They were talking about his wife. Praise God. All right. The wife that he had. She was not a Jew. Are you following? So the, uh, Miriam was like, ah, ah, we need to do something about this thing. You gave us laws that Jew must marry Jew. Yet your wife is not a Jew. So they were contending with him on that one. Hallelujah. There is no place we have in our scripture where he talks about Moses' two wives. No. Hallelujah. The first person to have more than one wife in scripture was Lamech. All right? And Lamech was a murderer. So why we want to copy Lamech in polygamy? Should we copy him in killing people too? No. Praise God. So let's look into the word a bit. Now, turn your Bible to Ephesians chapter 5. So marriage is a picture of the union between Christ and the church. It's a picture on earth of our union with Christ in salvation. So when you see marriage, man and wife, what God is trying to use marriage to teach you is the relationship between Christ and his church. Let's look at Ephesians 5, 25 to 33. Are we, are we ready? Are we ready? Let us read. One, two, go. Husbands. Church, you know now, it's comprehension class. So let us read it loudly. One to go. Uh, before someone says, Pastor, you see, wives is in plural. Husband is in plural too. So he's saying husbands. That means there are husbands here. You know, we have to say it. Uh, you know, with the likes of Reno Mokri, our theologian, you have to explain all these things. So before there's a disciple of Reno in this place. Amen. It says, husbands, plural, love your wives, even as Christ also loved what? The church. Are you noticing that? So he's talking to husbands, loving their wives. Then he's now saying, your example is Christ, loving what? So you can see the Christ loving the church, Christ and church is the pattern for husband and wife. Is that correct? Now let's continue reading. 26, let me want to go. It says what? With the washing of water by the word. Next verse, 27. A glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. We will focus on relationships, you know, dynamics from next week because of, I don't want to set the foundation um, this week. Okay, now, next verse 28, it says what? So ought men to love what? Their wives as what? Are you following? It says they are supposed to love their wives as their own bodies. So ought, listen, so ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. So that in the sight of God, 
The man and his wife, they are what? One. One. It's one of the reasons why when you are in disagreement with your wife or you are not being fair to your wife, it can hinder your prayer. Hallelujah. He said, so ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife, loveth what? Himself. He loveth himself. Hallelujah. Say this with me. When I love my wife, louder, when I love my wife, I love myself. Notice, he didn't say he that loveth his wife. Amen. His wife, one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. His wife, one. Okay, let's continue reading. 29. For no man ever yet hated what? His own flesh, but nourished and cherished it even as what? The what? So that means just as the Lord is one with the church, the husband is one with his wife. Are you with me? Are you following? Just as the Lord is one with the church, the husband is one with his wife. If you are married here, let me tell you one secret to progress. Take care of your wife. What did I say? Take care of your wife. <laughs> take care of your wife. Oh. Some people come and give rebellion. Look, just take care of your wife. Be fair to your wife. Make sure that your wife is praying for you. I'm talking to the men. Make sure your wife is praying for you. Make sure you do things that will make her bless you from her heart. It's the same thing with parents. Same thing with parents. My dad, I don't joke with it. I don't joke with it. I take care of my dad. I... It, it, it has nothing to do with... It, my dad is okay. He's not poor. But if he just says something on the phone and mentions something, and, you know, the other time he told me something. He said, ah, that the Go TV you got for us is good, but ah, I want to watch um, Premiership. You know, something, 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 something. When I heard it, I said, this is a problem. I'm always looking for opportunities to sow seeds because I know from Scripture the Bible says, honor your father and your mother so that it may be what? Well with you. So I know that there is a covenant of blessing tied to that instruction. He said, and so that may, you may live long on the earth. Is there. Honor does not, honor in that scripture does not mean, good afternoon, man. No, that's not his name, you know. You know, I'm a Yoruba person. I know in Yoruba, Yoruba culture, we can greet you and kill you. <laughs> We can use greeting to finish you. And we don't know, we don't send you. Yes, sir. We can just say, we can say, I can't sell man. Yes, sir. Don't have no riburukuni. Yes, sir. But we greeting you. <laughs> oh, no. It's not that. That one is eye service. Glory to God. Take care of your wife. Your wife tells you this thing you did. I don't like it. Apologize. Don't be doing a man. A man. I'm the head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You are the head, Abby. Continue. Hmm. I'm the head. It is my will you are supposed to do. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Christ showed us that being the head is responsibility. In him being the head, he died for our sins. Are you following? We sinned. And for, uh, because we sinned, he took responsibility for our errors. Went to the cross and died. On earth, before he went to the cross, he showed himself as servant. So, in the leadership principles of Jesus, the head is the number one servant. So, if you are the head of the woman... You are supposed to be the chief servant of that woman. I didn't say you'll be a chief or deal. I said chief servant. Get the difference. That means, as a husband, look for avenues of being a, of service to the woman. How can I serve? Not how can I use you today? Some of us, that's what we do. Ah, I'm a husband. So you now wake up. Ah. So how can I use this woman today? Let me look at it. Number one. Let me use that to, you know, just want to use. 
The perception of a man about a woman is a picture of the state of his soul. The state of his soul. And I, I don't think I would blame my men too much. I think it's our, our environment. Okay? Then the effect of sin. Sin is very bad. Sin and darkness, when it has become cultural, it affects relationships. It affects how we deal with our kids. It affects how we deal with our women. It affects it. You find a man who becomes insecure if God blesses his wife. Or if his wife earns more money than him. <laughs> One of my sons. Very funny story. So, this guy, his wife was working somewhere. Yeah, so, he brought her. Step here. I want you to pray for breakthrough for my wife. They were dating then. They want to get married. I want you to pray. So, God opened door and stuff like that. So, I prayed. And I said, the Lord shows me this, 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 this. So, it, two months later, door opened. The wife got a job. And the job she got, the salary, was like, uh, two times his own salary. So after they came to testify, she, he said, yeah, I want to see you. I said, the wife should excuse <laughs> So I said, son, what's the problem? He said, ah, what was it? His salary. He said, what happened to it? It's two times my own. You need to pray for me too. <laughs> God has to do my own. Ah, because <laughs> Hallelujah. It's the state of our soul. Head does not mean tyrant. Jesus did not show us that. If you look at Jesus, he was trying to teach his disciples. He said, look, whoever must be the leader amongst you must be the servant. He now derobed, then took cloth and began to wash their feet to show them that in the kingdom, hallelujah, this is kingdom leadership. In kingdom leadership, the guy who is master is the servant. Are you paying attention, guys? The guy who is the master is the servant. Christian marriages is not where the husband is a tyrant. No, you didn't learn Christ that way. Glory to God. No. Say, Pastor, ha, you don't know women. Don't worry, we'll come to women, we'll come to women soon. Let me start with you. The head, or the head in training. Hallelujah. Yes. Servant, how can I serve you? Hallelujah. I say, husband, wake up in the morning. Your wife, you just wake up and say, oh, I'm begin to pray for her. Begin to prophesy into her life. Hallelujah. Don't take those things. Prophesy. Just as you are ministering physical, it's minister spiritual things to your wife. Glory to God. Your wife should be the number one person you are discussing the word of God with. Nourishing her with the word of God. Nourishing her with prayer. Glory to God. Amen. And you will see what will happen. She is going to reciprocate too. Amen. All right, let's go back to that scripture, Ephesians. Because I want to make sure I touch this. Are you learning something here already? If you are learning something, hallelujah. Amen. If you are single, this is the best church to find a spouse, I'm telling you. Hallelujah. Mm. One of our brethren in an American um, America church got married yesterday. All right. I mean, I was so blessed when I saw the pictures. He called me and told me, ah, Pastor, I got someone. Do you know the funny thing? While he was here, I was trying to make sure this guy got into a relationship before he traveled. Ah! You know, I was always asking, brother, how far? He said, no, nothing, nothing, nothing. Then he traveled, single. So, yeah, I thought that he was going to go there to focus on his studies. And his job, that's how this guy called me one time. I said, ah, Pastor, I have to tell you something. I said, what is it? He said, I'm engaged. I said, you are engaged. What did you say? Because he didn't look at someone that knew what to say. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> then I did video call, and I saw him and his wife. I was like, and I asked. I, I asked the lady, I said, I'm sorry. You are a very fine girl. What did he tell you? Because I don't, I'm curious. I want to know what he said. Because I don't think he has game. You understand what <laughs> But anyway, God helped him out. Amen. All right, let's go back. 
Ephesians 5, he said, For no man yet ate his own flesh, but nourished and cherished it. Even what? As the Lord, the church. Now, verse 30, everybody read this is what? Of his flesh and of his bones. Continue. Let's read. For this cause shall a man. Shall what? Shall a what? Shall a what? One man, oh, leave his what? Father and mother. And shall be joined unto what? His wife. Is he wife's? His wife, singular. And they two shall be one flesh. Very clear. So just as Christ has one church and not plenty churches, amen, so also a husband is to have what? One wife. Now you are now saying, pastor, why then did we see that the patriarchs in the Old Testament have several wives? Why do we see that? Well, the answer is in Matthew 19. Matthew 19. And verse 1 to 6. Hallelujah. Because you see, the solution is not giving, making things comfortable for the flesh. What is the comfortable thing for the flesh? Someone says, oh, men have incredible libido. So for them to control and um, to fully express it, they should have many wives. So what should we now say about a woman if she has the same amount of libido or more? What should we do about it? Should she have more than one husband? But you say no. Uh-huh. So I'm like, why? Say no, God did not allow her. Who told you God allowed you? He allowed him, uh, uh, um, David. So let's answer that question. Matthew 19 and verse 1. Can we read one to go? He bebatted from Galilee and came into the coast of Judea. Beyond, uh-huh. Verse 2, everybody, we want to go. Followed him and he healed them there. Next verse. Tempting him and saying unto him, is it lawful for a man to what? Notice, he says, I want you to even notice something very important. Even under the law, the Pharisees and Sadducees recognize wife, not wives. He says, is it lawful for a man to put away what? His wife. This is divorce. Or for every cause. Everybody read verse 4. Everybody read. One to go. He says what? That he which made them at the what? Made them what? So, what Jesus does, when they asked him a question concerning marriage, where did he take them to? He took them to what? The beginning. Before sin entered. Before man fell, he took them to the beginning. He says, all right, uh, he the being at the beginning, made them what? Male and female. Verse 5. Everybody we want to go. He says what? For this cause shall a man leave father and mother, and shall cleave to what? His wife. And that way shall be what? Now look at verse 6. Everybody read. He says what? But one flesh. What therefore God had what? Let no man. Now, you will now see that the Pharisees now says, but... Look at verse 7. Everybody read. They ask a question. They now ask Old Testament question. They say unto him, Why did Moses then command to give a what? Of divorcement and to put what? So what they are saying is this. You are saying that they should not divorce. What he now says now, let me explain it to Let me explain this very well. Glory to God. Because before I come on, I'm going to try and I'm going to teach that during the series too. The practice of the Pharisees at this time was that they believed that a man could divorce his wife for any flimsy reason. You understand? In fact, what they used to do then, all right, I read and studied it, was that if a, if their wife just, you know, Irritates them or does something they don't like, they will write her a letter of divorcement right there and then and give it to her and tell her to get out of the house. You understand? Now, what Jesus was trying to do here was to correct that and protect the woman. Are you following? Uh-huh. Because it was not fair to the woman. When people begin to quote law, 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 it is my right, and quote their right, especially in marriage. 
you'll find that if you check it well, it's usually unfair. For example, how is it, does it make sense that a woman will live in a man's house as his wife for 35 years? Then one day, the man wakes up and says he doesn't want her in his house anymore. He sends her out with nothing. Or the husband of a woman dies. Praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. The husband of the woman dies. This woman has labored with the husband for 30 years. Praise the Lord. Even she might have been a lawyer and was giving him free legal counsel for his businesses. This man is now very big. He has real estate everywhere. Then he dies. Then his family comes and says, maybe she did not have a male child. Then the family comes and says, all the property of their brother, they will remember is their brother now. All right? It belongs to them. They are going to share it. And the woman has nothing. That's unfair. Are you following? And God is against things that are unfair. Glory to God. I said, glory to God. I said, remember we said we cannot and should not interpret scripture in a way that is not consistent with the character of what? Of God. That's what I said at the beginning. Now, they say unto him, why did Moses then command to give a writing of divorcement and to put her away? They are asking, why did Moses therefore give the law on divorce? Because they are saying, we are quoting the law. Look at Jesus' response, verse 8. He said unto them, everybody we want to go. Moses, because of what? Because of what? Because of what? The hardness of your heart suffered you. That word suffered is permits. So Moses, because of the hardness of your heart, gave permission for you to put away your wives, but from the beginning, it was not so. So that means the correct thing is what was instituted when? When? At the beginning. That's correct. Hallelujah. Same thing for polygamy. God permitted them to do it. Because of what? The hardness of their hearts. He allowed David to do it. Because of what? The hardness of his heart. David loved women to the point that when he was about to die, Glory. I said, Glory. May you not die with the addiction in Jesus' name. You see what I said? I said, May you not die with the addiction. Do you understand? Yeah. He was about to die. He was on his deathbed. And people were like, Ah, he doesn't look like this thing. He will recover. Hi. But we cannot be sure. This man has gone through a lot. So, do you know what? How will we know? That this one is going to is the sickness unto death. They didn't call the prophet. <laughs> to say, let us pray. What is the will of notice that nobody called anybody to pray about the will of God for David? Everybody, you don't understand. Everybody, his council came together to discuss it and say, let us go and find woman. Do you understand? Another thing we don't, you don't understand that we are talking, we talked about Solomon earlier. Where did Solomon learn his love for women? He was from David. Let me say this thing very quickly. Be careful of the weaknesses you don't kill. Be careful of the bad habits you don't kill. Be very careful. Be very careful because your children, they will not listen to what you say. They will follow what you do. So that bad habit you are struggling with, understand what you are struggling with. You are fighting a generational battle. Because if that thing survives with you, then it will survive with your children. Hallelujah. At his deathbed, they said, if woman He's not able to heal him. He's finished. Do you understand? That's how bad David's woman problem was. Yet he was a God, man after God's heart because he believed in Christ. Hallelujah. All right. So that means God used him despite his weaknesses. Yes, that's, 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 also, that's also true. 
Hallelujah. David, it was, it was not a recommendation. So God permitted it. But now, in Christ Jesus, he said, one man, one wife. Why? Because you have the capacity to what? To what? To have self-control now. Let me show you an example where we have direct instructions concerning this. Turn your Bible to the book of 1 Timothy. There is a general life, then there is a higher life in Christ. Christians should not be arguing about how many wives they should be marrying. Do you understand? Ah! We are talking about, we are not of this world. That we should mortify the deeds of the body. You are now talking about how can I make um, all the, the, the desires of the flesh. No! We don't, we don't make provision for the flesh. That's not what we do. Hey, pastor. Eh, I, eh, my wife, eh, when I ask her, let, let us do. She's not saying yes enough, you know. So the solution, eh, I think, is to have side cheeks so that I can satisfy myself and I'll be okay with my wife. That's not the solution, no. <laughs> it's not the solution, sir. It's not a solution. You see, because you see, eh, you see that child, child chick, that you are thinking that because you know your own, eh, you are th- I'm not saying you are doing it, I'm just giving an example. <laughs> Before people now begin to see, Pastor, is this a prophetic word? It's not too. I'm just giving an example. Hallelujah. Are you married, sir? Is your wife here? You know, yeah. Okay. All right. Hallelujah. Now, listen. So, you know, you know, so the person says, this is unintended consequences. Pay attention. Maybe don't understand the unintended consequences around sin. Now, we sell folks, they say, walking in the spirit is a defense. Because he sees this devil there. Eh? This person called Satan. <laughs> you are the one that thinks you are smart. Satan. Just enter his, you see. Satan is the Lionel Messi in the stadium of sin. <laughs> you cannot, you cannot outdribble him. He's too good. So that says you think you are. Inside, see, it's only in righteousness you can deal with Satan. But when you start playing in the stadium of sin, you can't win. Win how? You cannot win. You can't. So you are keeping side chick. Maybe somebody, somebody here, you are dating a marriage now. Now, keeping side chick. Your own is, all you are doing with that side chick is to satisfy your sexual needs. Abby, that's all you want. It's not love. It's not adoration. It's not sanctification. It's not, it's just, you just want to, because your wife is not able to give you as you want. Good. Now, you see that side chick that is there. She's giving you the sex. At some point, she's like, ah, this thing we are doing, what, what's it mean? We're having sex, we are discussing things, life, pursuit of happiness. We're even discussing Bible. Sometimes we won't pray together after we sin. What is it mean? It's not married that remains. She wants to get married. You now come and say, no, I have a wife. Can't marry you. Are you following what I'm saying? She says, ah, no. We have to do this. You can't leave me like that. Then she wants to try something else. You say, no, you are my own. Something like that. Is that fighting? Then she now goes and meets maybe Babalawo. Or what's that name of that person that is selling something? Kanamaya. Kayamata. Good. Then you come. They rope you with Kayamata. Your head has now turned. You see your wife, you are seeing chimpanzee. You see your children, you are seeing little chimpanzee, little chimpanzee, little chimpanzee, little chimpanzee. Little chimpanzee. You not, so you are not now giving money for their school fees because they've turned your head. You are not sleeping in your house anymore. You are saying, ah, you will die in the house. No, okay. Ah, what he get, eh, Nico? You are not sleeping inside chicken. You don't want to go and do secret marriage. Satan has gotten unintended consequences of sin. Hallelujah. What you need to do instead of making provision for the flesh is to learn how to put and mortify the flesh. Your body will ask you to, for, for the pleasures of sin. You will say no. You have to gain mastery over the, the desires and the cravings of your flesh. Now listen. The more successful you are, the richer you are, the more you must learn this. Hallelujah. It's not just for men. It's for women too. Don't worry, women. Your own come. Next week we'll talk about it. And please, when I start talking about the women, nobody should come and say, why are you focusing on the women? I'm, I started with the men. Praise God. Praise the Lord. 
Don't be touchy. So just take the word and let it transform you. Amen, somebody? All right. Now, let us look at this. First Timothy chapter 3. Someone said, oh, the instruction to marry one wife was just to bishops and deacons. <laughs> was not to everybody. It was for bishops and deacons. So let us study it. Shall we study it? Okay. Now, let's start from 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 2. Everybody read, can we read one to go? It says what? Church, now talk to me now. A bishop of them must be what? Must be what? So, you know, when it says blameless, it means innocent. So, if a bishop is to be innocent, shouldn't a Christian also be innocent? Right? Right? Let's continue. It now says what? The husband of what? Vigilant. Now, if a bishop is to be vigilant, is the believer not supposed to be vigilant? Jesus said, watch and what? Be vigilant and what? Was that instruction and counsel to bishops or to Christians? Good. Let's continue. Next one. It now says, of what? Of what? So that means the bishop must be of good behavior. Does it mean the Christian should be of bad behavior? Next one. It says, giving to what? Obstitality. Afterward, to teach. Next verse, verse 3 says what? Not giving to what? That means you shouldn't be a drunkard. Not, not striker. Not greedy of what? Pity looker. But patient, not a brawler. Not what? All these things are Christian behavior. Praise God. Next verse. Verse 4. He says what? One that ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all what? Is he saying that the Christian should not rule his own house well? Are you following what I'm saying? So it means that the counsel concerning choosing bishops is this. This is what Paul was telling Timothy. He's saying, before you choose a man to be a leader over God's people, ensure he is an exemplary Christian. Are you following? Ensure is what? An exemplary Christian. And one of the signs that a man is an exemplary Christian is that he is faithful to how many wives? One. Did you get it? Did you get it? Now, look at the same thing he says concerning Dickens. Verse 12. 1 Timothy 3.12. Come on, are you learning anything here? 1 Timothy 3.12, let's read it. What does he say? Let the deacons be the what? Husbands of what? One wife. Ruling their children and their own what? Houses. Well, so the deacon also should be. So before you choose a deacon, some people make the mistake of saying, guys, look at me, that the bishops are the ones that are supposed to have one wife. No. They had one wife before they were chosen to be bishop. So that means it was a criteria for the selection. So that means Paul is saying this is, these are the signs of an exemplary model Christian. He has one wife. Why? Because if you can be faithful to one wife, hallelujah, there is a certain mastery over your sexual appetite you must have had. I don't know whether you understand. So there is self-control you are exercising. This monogamy thing is giving the women too much power. Ah, uh, that is why many of the women they are misbehaving, misbehaving. Ah, uh, if, if he knew that that I could just marry somebody else, you know. So <laughs> I was talking to one man one time, and the man said, "Pastor, when he heard I was a pastor, he began to feel guilty." He said, "Pastor, don't worry. What's the matter?" The pastor, right? It was years ago. The pastor he said, "I have two wives." He said. I married the first one. He's a Christian. So I married the first one. But when I found out that she was misbehaving, I married on that one on top of her. So I began to understand that there are some men that married the second one to punish the first one. Are you following? To show them, so the way to exercise their manhood is to marry another woman. Amen. To show the first one that if, look, somebody has come to take your place. 
That is not self-control. That is playing APC and PDP in your marital home. Hallelujah. Before you know it, Boko Haram will be involved. And you will find yourself eating something and you will not wake up. Glory to God. I said, glory to God. Glory to God. Very, very important. Listen to me. God is the one that created us. He has more sense than we do. How many of you have seen or been, been, uh, have been product of polygamous homes or um, know about polygamous homes? And you, can, you know the challenges that are in there, right? I remember there was, a, there was a musician that had many wives and he was saying it as an African, he should have many wives. The son that he gave birth to, he now asked him, how come is this that you have one? He said, I grew up in a polygamous home. He said, I grew up in my father's house. My father was like that. He said, but me, I swore. He's not a Christian or a Muslim. But he said, I swore I will never do polygamy. Praise God. Because they will be fighting for the attention of the man. The woman is worrying with this other woman over her children. You understand? It becomes dirty, ugly. Then there will be now darkness and every evil walk. Satan will be playing tente in the house. You just be going one time. You will see one charm somewhere. Somebody has gone to a white garment just to collect water of uh, Oniwoso, then water of protection, then Hamulet, Agbara, then Kinik or something like that. The different spirits will just be playing Tinko, 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 in the house. Everybody is just there playing, you understand? <laughs> Hallelujah. There is wisdom in it. Glory to God. I said, Glory to God. Let me round up by saying this. Right? Um, Marriage is God's plan to carry out kingdom agenda on the earth. Many people don't realize it. But the number one unit that God wants to partner with on the earth is the family. You hear what I said? The number one unit God wants to partner with on the earth is what? The family. The husband, the wife, and their kids. That's the first church. Glory to God. I said, glory to God. The truth is this. No matter how we teach in church, if the husband and the wife don't take the Christian teachings and the concept and go and ingrain it in their children, not only teach the children, but in their own way of life. Imagine if my son saw me with another woman. My son. My son sees me as the example. I am the male figure he sees every single day. You understand that? Right now, eh, my son sees me kiss my wife regularly. So, from kissing my wife, my son has said, ah, so that means the way to show love to somebody else is to give him a peck. So, every morning, this I give my son. We hug, and I give him a peck, and he gives me a peck. He learned that from observing me. Now that we have a daughter, Guess what my, my, my son does? He will come and say, my sister, my sister. And he will be giving her pecs, giving her pecs, giving her pecs. He learned that from me. Hallelujah. Are you following? He learned that from me. So that is how he's going to learn prayer from me. That is how he's going to learn integrity from me. That is how he's going to learn giving from me. So before you talk about getting married, you have to begin to focus on being a model believer first. Why? Because you are going to raise a family of children after your kind. They will be raised after your weaknesses. They will be raised after your addictions, if they see it. Amen. They will speak like you. They will pick up on your bad language, on your foul language, on your curses, on your equis. If your child sees you like this, listen, you find that at six, that's what your child will do. Yes. He will follow your example. I saw one Instagram video, a kid, six years old. They were playing music, and this, this six-year-old girl 
was twerking. Where did she get it from? Guess what? The mother came beside her and was twerking too. When you talk to that mother, she said, I can't have a nice time. Are you following what I'm saying? Kill your vices now. Let Christ walk on you now. Sometimes our focus is on rushing into the marriage. Want to enter, rush. Then we rush into the relationship. Not allowing Christ to work on us. We make bad choices, then have bad experiences, then we blame God. We blame him. Then we blame him for how the children turn out. Some says, oh, PK kids, pastor's kids always turn out badly. Because the assumption is that because a man is a pastor, that that man is transformed and he does not have his weaknesses, he does not have the addictions. You think that because he's standing on the pulpit, he's a totally free person who is 100% like Christ. No, he's a pastor by grace. He still has to work on himself with the word. And if he doesn't do that and doesn't allow the word of God to transform him, he's going to be a hypocrite. And the child will grow up saying, my papa is a hypocrite. And he will now say, there is nothing in this Christianity my father espouses that he walks out of it. Are you listening to what I'm telling you today? The number one thing is not marriage. First thing is understand it. Light. First. Hallelujah. Light. Have understanding of this thing we are talking about. It's not about Instagram pictures of lovey-dovey and taking pictures. Ooh, look at us. We are looking okay. You know tell you what I found out? One thing I found out in our social media generation. A lot of people are not really fulfilled in some relationships that they are in. What they are, the fulfillment they get, they derive, is on other people's reaction to their love. Are you following what I'm saying? So they take the picture so that people will like, comment, and do hashtag. You understand? We, uh, we see an all, you know, uh, um, some, you understand? Just hashtags and stuff like that. Listen, it's more than that. So if you are here, married, you are about to get married, or you are single, take this from this service. A marriage is only as good as the people inside. And how effective a marriage will be is also a function of the degree of light present in the two people in the marriage. A marriage will never rise above the level of revelation in the husband and the wife. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. For those of you who are currently married, my prayer for you that is in the name of Jesus, by the power of God's spirit, you will catch a fresh glimpse of God's purpose for your marriage in Jesus' name. And for those who are single, I pray that God will illuminate your mind with light, that you will have an understanding of what you ought to do in the name of Jesus. If there be anyone here who is separated or divorced, I pray that God gives you a second chance again. Hallelujah. As regards marriage, in the name of the Lord Jesus, and you will enter in with new knowledge, new light, and you get results in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Have you learned anything today? I said, have you learned anything today? Can I put the hands together for the Lord? Hallelujah. 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 All right, can we rise up on our feet? And let's, we're going to pray. We're going to pray. We're going to pray for more light. Amen? Amen? Look at me. Let me tell you something. This is what I found. I have looked far and wide and checked a lot of things. There's nobody's relationship or marriage that can be. So the one who has kept his marriage and the one who has the one who has kept his marriage should not be arrogant 
over the one who, whose marriage broke. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All what the marriage can do is to be vigilant and stay vigilant. Praise God. Because the marriage is about two people. It means that all it takes for a marriage to break is for one person to walk away. It's not for two to walk away. Just one. Praise the Lord. Same thing with the relationship. So we are going to pray. We are going to pray for more light. The things, when we discuss marriage, what it should stay in us is more vigilance. What did I say? More vigilance. Caution. Hallelujah. Yes, there should be joy and anticipation, but there should also be a place of caution. Hallelujah. So I want to open your mouth and say, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, give me more lights. Give me understanding concerning your plan and your purpose for marriage in the name of Jesus. Open your mouth and begin to pray. Come on. Come on, I can't hear you. Open your mouth and begin to pray. Open your mouth and begin to pray. Open your mouth, begin to pray. Lord, in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus. I receive more lights. More illumination. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For more messages, kindly search for our Telegram channel using the link t.me slash oikiasisi. God has blessed you.